Welcome back to WTF and Von Adil, the place where we talk about Final Fantasy XI and don't care who you are, just what you have to say with Spicy Ryan and... The Fox Danger. Today we're... You definitely added a lot of extra words. Yes, a lot of extra words. No, No particular reason. Almost sounds like there's a particular reason for that, man. No. Um, so today we're going to talk about Beastmaster by popular demand because it seems like a lot of people by popular demand want to know about Beastmaster. Which is kind of strange because like a lot of people see Beastmaster and they have preconceived notions about Beastmaster and it's not like it's a difficult job to unlock. So I'm surprised people just haven't like tried it. Well, all you do with Beastmaster is you have to solo your XP on Coldy Breeze and watch Woodlands with the leeches at the pools. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's still definitely a viable uh, strategy today. That's definitely for sure. Except for CK. Man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. Like, speaking of those, the, the old days of Beastmaster and stuff, like, that's where a lot of people truly remember this job from. And it definitely plays a lot different than it does, uh, or than it did back then. Um, now, uh, back then, like, it was all charm your pet and stick your pet on something and then, like, hope your pet doesn't die slightly before the other mob dies. Or, like, then you could release it and kill your own mob. You know, that sort of thing. Um, nowadays, we've kind of evolved from that into a different kind of strategy that uh, is no less entrenched in the mindset of a lot of Beastmaster players. So in that regard, I can kind of understand why people want to know more about this job. Uh, because a lot of the information about that from the experts on the job um, try to treat this, this class as kind of like a weird summoner. Um, and I can understand the appeal of wanting to like play with animals and stuff. I'm sure that's that's really cool. But you're kind of selling yourself short if you only approach it from one point of view. So I'm actually in this weird camp where prior to SE launching all those updates that they had with Beastmaster recently, uh, I've actually played it the way they've wanted us to play it before they actually optimized us to play it that way. So I'm actually thrilled about most of the things they've done for Beastmaster recently. It wasn't just optimizing it to play that way. It so, was definitively stating that they wanted, this is the way SE envisions Beastmaster, now that they've come out and stated it finally. I completely agree with that, yes. And, and you go. No, go ahead. No, 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 you're on a roll here. Well, I, I'm kind of glad they did, but at the same time, I can see where they're talking about like the hypocrisy behind it. Because if you look at what Beastmaster's made out of from like a merit standpoint and like job gifts and job uh, and job like traits that, that you get, um, everything is aimed at your pet. But Beastmaster has like an overwhelming amount of gear that says otherwise. So uh, with the uh, with it being so bipolar like that, um, I can understand that that people will like look at the job without having access to all the gear in the game and say, "Oh, this is obviously pet focused. So let's go ahead and pet focus the hell out of it." Um, but not really pick up on the other things that it can do. So I think uh, SE still may have a little bit of ways to go with um, adding more things to the actual master of the class itself and not so much the pet. Uh, as a veteran player, uh, not that all of our listeners may have played as long. Hopefully not. Hopefully they've done something better with their lives. But as a veteran player, I have a bias against Beastmasters because back in the day, they were usually dicks. Uh, you'd, yeah. be, you'd be XPing, and no one invites a Beastmaster, because it's a Beastmaster, just like no one would invite Puppet Master. And you would be, you know, camping, there might be someone else, and there's just enough mobs for two parties, and some Beastmaster comes in and starts trying to solo the mobs, and it's just there. And then you would tell him, hey, we're, we're camping here, buddy. And you go, ah, too bad. And they go, ah, yeah. And that was a common thing with Beastmasters. So I have that bias. And then... 
that translates all the way into the early days of Esha, when everyone was bandwagoning Beast as that pet job that you geared up pet-wise through the Geoat, Core Rolls. They used to be Sinister Rain as well, and they wouldn't invite you to Sinister Rain if you weren't a Beastmaster for a short time period, oftentimes. And you would uh, get the Corsair Rolls, sit back, do your one hours, and throw the Tiger at it over and over again, and, and just do ridiculous damage to kill the mob, and then you didn't have to do anything at all. So kind of the pre-summoner burn. Does that burn. sound familiar? The pre-summoner burn, yes. Yeah, I think that sounds familiar, man. So I have a bias in my mind. I'm like, ah, this this job, hopefully this bandwagon's dead. Because when people bandwagon a job, it brings out the worst in the job and people. So, yeah, I yes. didn't know until recently, because I didn't follow the pet jugs, about how ridiculous some of the things were and how how far Essie has gone and almost giving Beast some broken tools to really be part of a party. And I look for Beastmaster to invite now because, one, if you're on it, you're probably going to be really good because it's not bandwagon yet. And two, if you know how to play it, you're going to contribute more to a group than even bring a heavy DD because you're going to bring that support element to increase everyone else's DD. That's cool that you mentioned that because that, that's not my aim either. Like I, I don't want someone to listen to this and for this to have somehow enough clout to make them want to bandwagon it. That's not the idea at all. Like all I want to do is make sure that people know what these can do. So that way it opens up the possibility for people to actually seek them out when they're needed. Um, it's not to say that this is the, like the new summoner or the new DD job. You super buff do Zerg things to death. Like the meta is what it is. Um, but we really want to make sure that, that we understand these jobs because some of them, like particularly this job here are, are just completely fascinating. And, they do a lot of really cool stuff that would otherwise get overlooked. I would say the player base's understanding of Beastmaster, and not that mine is too much better, is rather anemic at best, and that's a big problem too. And don't worry about yeah. the clout. We're uh, obviously just having fun here. We're not clout chasing, but we only right. have uh, 203 views after seven episodes. <laughs> this is our seventh episode, so six one's coming out tomorrow, since today's Saturday. Tomorrow we're doing seven. We do a week ahead because one day we're not going to hey. do that week. It's going to happen. So we're a week behind. We're kind of like John it's, Oliver, uh, except not as cool. <laughs> hey, that's uh, that's more views than my my guides that only get shown on my LS Discord uh, usually get. So I'm I'm all for it anyway. Um, and sure, I'm, I'm just BG, passionate about this job, right? I, I I'm just passionate about this job overall. So like I, I don't know. I'm one of those people who think that if you approach something and you really enjoy it, then you should really have pride over what you're getting yourself into. And if there's anything that I care about actually having clout with, it's it's approaching like this job in particular, um, because this is this is kind of like my baby in a way where I had faith in it when I didn't even like I, I, I ended up originally having faith in this job because my buddy had like really wanted to play it. And I saw he could do really cool things. And then I decided, hey, you know what? I've done a lot of cool stuff in this game. I might as well like lean on this job and see if it can do really cool stuff, too. And then it did, and then I just kept doing it because it's so flexible. Like, I just kept doing all sorts of awesome things. So it just kind of snowballed. So far, but, so far, you've said you see the appeal of playing with animals and Beast is your baby. So we're working our way here into some uncomfortable questions. Oh, you mean we're, we're just outright, or I'm just outright a furry? I mean, I'll, I'll say uh, I was only leaning there. That was a possibility. We weren't jumping to that being the conclusion, but... Well, I'm not rolling with any king shame here, but I'm definitely not a furry. But I do like playing with animals, and that's what I'm here to talk to you about. So, uh, yeah, like you had a really good, um, a really good idea of of the job itself, like especially for the, with that perspective that you have, where they would just like roll up to a camp, ruin the camp for you if they were a jerk. 
Uh, and, and Beast can definitely do that. And they, they actually still can. Uh, when I'm feeling like particularly like vindictive against uh, like the, the, the JP botters or whatever, um, sometimes I'll roll out to those camps and I'll help them. <laughs> I'll just charm Apex mobs and then drop them off. And then I'll just keep charming Apex mobs because you know what? I really want to make sure that they have enough mobs to pull. And uh, eventually I help them until they die. Uh, and it's actually a really fun thing that you can do with Beastmaster uh, if you ever feel like going out and doing that. If anything, Not that I truly endorse MPK. Oh, I endorse it. Absolutely. Forget that. Uh, I endorse that. Uh, forget these RMT and bots. They are absolutely a detraction from the community and they Huge bring down answer. the experience of the game and overall make the place worse. So I absolutely yeah. condone that. Fuck them. Anyway, um, I think people will burn Beast alone just for the fact that they can go and bring Apex mobs to bots that will keep claiming too many mobs. Yeah. That's fun. Um, it, it actually is is a lot of fun. Uh, I've demonstrated that in front of people too. Like when uh, I was CPing Beastmaster, um, spoilers, you, you actually can't, you can CP Beastmaster in other ways than just AOE parties, which it's known for. And uh, in CP parties, uh, when like, let's say the, the original botters have come in, because I've been Master Beast for a long time. Uh, when the original botters came in, they were just like that roaming train of people that were just automatically engaging things in like Doe Gates. Uh, I actually would stop what we're doing because our, our XP chains were already dead. I mean, our CP chains were already dead. And I would actually just start helping that person out too. And uh, that's that's kind of where I first learned to do all that stuff. Uh, Charm is incredibly powerful, and I really wish it was a little more relevant nowadays. Because the problem is there's nothing really to Charm. You can Charm Apex, which I don't know if that's a great strategy to take in terms of... No. I'm, yeah, I'm sure it's not because you're not going to... Because for anyone who doesn't know, since Charming is the way the Dota, one thing I do remember is that you can control your Jug Pets ready move. Before it was even called ready, it was just sick. And then yep. for what, a charm pet, it only will use whatever move it feels like when it has TP. Yeah, and that's really limiting. Unless you can unless you can artificially create where you want to camp, I guess is the best way to say it, to where you can charm mobs that only have a limited amount of TP moves to help you narrow down what it will most likely use. But even then, that's a bad strategy because jug pets are just so strong. So there's really no reason to do it. Well... Um, Essie's reasoning that hasn't translated well back from when they first added Jug Pets at 75 and have kept the same reasoning without updating was always that I remember, what, over a decade ago that Jug Pets are for convenience and this and that. Uh, Charm Pets are always stronger, more HP, more defense, da 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 So <laughs> back at 75, that mattered a lot when you'd be throwing Charm Mobs at, uh, say, an NM you were soloing in Cuftal Tunnel for... Tarasquay, not Tarasquay. That's different. it's. It's funny you say that because they're they're not wrong. Like like the the charm the pets you charm are way stronger. The, there's just no feasible way to use them. It the was Amamet. That was the name of the lizard. Yeah, there, there's there's just no way to use them that, that way. Um, yeah, like you can charm an apex mob. It still has like 150,000 HP. Like it, it's absolutely nutty. But the problem is, is there's nothing in that zone that you're going to apply it to except another Apex mob. And at that rate, why don't you just skill chain them and blow them up? I would imagine for. it was fun playing Beast back then and being able to use mobs in the zone to your advantage if, you know, things got desperate, which did actually happen a lot if you were playing Beast with friends. Yeah, it was a cool strategy game, um, especially if you were solo, because you had to not only like charm the mobs and make sure that you're right in the right ecosystem to make sure they're favorable against each other. It's a lot like blue mage in that regard if that mattered as much 
Um, but uh, you you charm the mobs, and then you gotta hope that like nothing around you is uh, aggressive, or maybe you might have to like emergency leave and charm something else. Like it, there's like a great depth of strategy that Beastmaster used to have in, in its way of XP that it just doesn't have anymore, and that's because of the way that it, the game is now structured for you to progress in. I'm gonna take you saying ecosystem, and I know it's an eventual topic because I know it's gonna come up because it's really important. And we might as well go into what is the yeah. ecosystem. If you just type ecosystem into BG, there's the table. And how does that really mean anything outside of Beast's, what, relic body? Uh, it's the Imperium body. And oh, it, okay. it actually, it, it matters to a lot more jobs than just Beast, but it's most prominent in Beast. So to explain that, there's there's three main ecosystems. Um, there's two of them that are more like your natural ecosystems and one that's like your, your magic-related ecosystems. Uh, the magic-related ecosystem is not really a, a beast-specific thing, but it can abuse it, given certain other job combos in your party. Uh, but the main ecosystem that you're looking at is that beasts eat lizards, uh, lizards eat vermin, vermin eat plants, and plants eat beasts. And they'll actually intimidate them in that order. And with the killer effects, you actually gain a damage bonus, a damage resistance, and in that intimidation rate that I mentioned uh, versus the targets where you're favored. And you actually lose it in the other direction. And it, when it comes to like your, your actual pets, you don't do that yourself. Um, the other ecosystem, the natural ecosystem, is uh, birds eat aquans. Aquans eat uh, amorphs and amorphs eat birds. Um, these are two separate ones. They don't mix and match. So a lot of times you can, uh, it, it's pretty easy to mix up like a vermin with uh, an amorph. Uh, because sometimes like the insect, like a slug, um, might get confused with like the actual vermin where the slug is actually an amorph, you know, something like that. So it, it pays to know your, your pet types. Um, but those are the two you mainly interact with. And then like the, the magic one is, I believe it's uh, demons and arcana are opposite. And then I think it's undead and dragons are opposite. No, it's each other. undead and uh, arcana and then dragons and demons. That sounds better. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I rarely have to use that. Um, Usually, like if I'm abusing something like that, it's because I know someone has undead killer. Um, there's uh, a story Rumoko will tell if you followed anything that he does, uh, where I CP'd with him and I had him on Paladin and I was on Beastmaster and he was giving us Holy Circle so that I could close huge, huge decimations on Apex Poxhounds. And that's just one way that you can abuse that body. But I'll talk about that body more in a little bit when we start talking about equipment. Uh, but it's very important as a Beastmaster to know the ecosystems for sure. Uh, I looked up, I just put killer effects into BG for the innate, any without any bonuses or anything that the pet gets. If it's uh, corresponding, it could be Jug Pet, doesn't it be Charm Pet, if anyone was wondering. Uh, yeah. If it corresponds to the proper ecosystem, it goes the opposite way as well. And it's 5% intimidation, you know, okay. But 5% extra damage dealt, and then negative 5%. It says special, da or special damage taken. I don't know if that's just 5% DT or if it's actually, uh, you know, resistance related of, you know, bringing you down a tier or something. This, this is the really cool part that I'll emphasize on later, but it is, in fact, special. Um, it is applied outside of your normal DT cap, so it's multiplied again afterwards, and it, it feels a lot like you're wearing a Burt Gang. And then uh, when it's the other way around and you're dealing more damage, think of it like a pixie hairpin. That's a bit abstract. Can you get a better analogy there? than thinking of it like a pixie hairpin or like a bird gang. <laughs> so basically you have your, your physical damage taking cap in gear of 50%, right? So you can only get up to 
And then anything more than that doesn't give you any more returns. So when you're receiving damage, it gets halved, basically, um, unless you're wearing special gear from special jobs, and that's the damage you take. Well, when it comes to killer effects and some of the other ridiculous things related to killer effects that Beastmaster gets, um, you then multiply it again. So when it comes to like the 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 animals that you're playing with, uh, they have a five percent. So let's say you on Beastmaster, you put fifty percent damage taking gear on your pet, and your pet's fighting something. And if that's favorable for your pet, like it it, it eats that animal in the ecosystem, then after that damage would normally be taken where it's where it's halved, it's then five percent less, which doesn't sound amazing until you start being able to stack this all together. That would be more amazing on the offense as well than it is purely the defense. And yeah, the BG page before this is launched will definitely have an update there saying the five percent special damage is applied in a special category. Yeah, and that's why I wanted to, to say that it, it's kind of like the Pixie Hairpin in a way where it's kind of its own special multiplier term well, and it's applied that same way. It'd be easier just to say Elemental Affinity and say Elemental Staves, Pixie Hairpin, you know. Monster Affinity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's the not same everyone knows the Pixie Hairpin off the top of their head if they don't play Corsair or even Blue Mage is the Dark Affinity Damage Plus. I thought Corsair was the job that everyone like started this game and then purchased. Well, anyway, uh, yeah, so so you want to know your 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 mob types and um, uh, real quick before we get too far, I did actually want to touch on on some of the misconceptions about Beast, though. Um, a lot of people think that Beast is, is only good for doing AOE parties, and that's not true. You actually end up with like this weird curve, like if you were to look at it on a graph somehow, uh, where you start out with AOE parties being the best thing you can do. And then as you get job points in gear, um, you, you actually reach a point where it's better to just one-shot Apex mobs. <laughs> and then once you become even stronger than that, you actually just do AOE parties solo without anyone else. Now, and that's when you're getting When stuff. people say one-shot, that's often disingenuous. So you know where I'm going with this one-shot. Yeah. So let me explain a one-shot. A one-shot is where you equip your Beastmaster with something called a Negling. And then you uh, equip all your gear, right? All, all the all the really cool gear that you've accumulated over time. And I'll go more into these sets later. Um, and then let's say you open with something like um, uh, some sort of fusion uh, bait. Well, you uh, put Negling on. Because all, all of your pet TP moves. Oh, I know I did. Hang on. So you, you open with your pet TP move. And it doesn't matter how much damage your pet does. Um, because the amount of damage you're about to close with is just dumb. So one of the examples that I like to use is, let's say you roll up on Apex Bats, right? Uh, you can, or I'm sorry, Apex Crabs is probably a better example. You can actually use the Tolfair pet, which is uh, strong against those bats. Or, sorry, no, it's not that. Uh, strong against the crab. I got those mixed up because I was thinking one and the other. Uh, so you're using the Tolfair uh, pet against the crab, and you're, you have the, the affinity bonus there, and you're going to pop something called Killer Instinct, which I'm going to go into a lot later. Uh, a lot more later. And uh, that's going to add that crazy damage boost that we are talking about. Well, the Tolfair pet can open fusion for you. So you're going to close Savage Blade with that Negling. And that Savage Blade is going to do almost 200,000 damage. Yeah, I uh, I was... Because you immediately... You think as a Beastmaster, you immediately went to, my pet's going to open for me, which I should have yep. gone right there. But I immediately went, oh, you got Negling on. The only thing you can do for fusion is Atonement or Knights of the Round. Or uh, Burning Blade to Flat Blade, but yeah. Yeah, but that's that's not fusion. That's multi-step. Yeah, it's still cute though. Uh, but yeah, that's that's one of the, the main strengths. To uh, <laughs> it is 
I've done it in Omen a lot. Um, but uh, one of the main strengths to uh, to Beast, though, is not forgetting what your pet can do for you. And uh, those, those I, I'm not exaggerating how much damage that does uh, versus the, that target. And with those buffs, um, it, it doesn't even require the most the highest end gear either. Um, it's really just your Imperium body working overtime with the monster weakness and, and the job buff killer instinct that we'll talk about. But it's pretty nutso. And uh, there actually is a point, though, where, where that stops stops being as good as when you've progressed even further and you're almost job master. You just finish it off with being able to AOE by yourself without other people. And uh, it's pretty strong, pretty strong way. You know, it's it's fun um, because but I guess I guess with mentioning these things, I was, oh, no, I was, I was just going to try to move on. I like, know, but I, I wanted to say real quick now that, you know, because that's a pretty exciting thing. Not many or frankly, any jobs without support besides what you're bringing. I mean, I'm sure you have trust, maybe Sylvie or something. Yeah, trust. Uh, not everyone has Sylvie, but I think Sylvie's a good investment. Yes. But, I, you know, it wasn't until you playing with Rua and Rua talking about Beast and then me talking to you about Beast with you. Well, we're getting to a convoluted chain there of events, but it wasn't yeah. until that that I actually heard that and I go, you know, I don't have time for another job, but Beastmaster sounds like something I want to play because it sounds like a lot of fun. And it is. The problem, though, is that it's the same thing that everyone complains about, and that's how much equipment this job needs. I'm a blue So mage. I'm insane. <laughs> well, I, I'm insane. I have 21 out of 22 jobs leveled and stuff, and like I have a critical mass of gear, so luckily every job can wear just about everything at that point. But Beastmaster specifically requires so much gear, it's it's insane. Um, the the bonus though is that you really don't have to go Rima hunting if you don't want to. Um, I'll I'll talk about the Rimas here in a little bit, but uh, yeah, like for, it's cool that from the word of mouth though, the, like you 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 wanted at least had the interest in doing Beastmaster, and I'd say go for it as long as you don't feel too constricted on inventory because this is to play it at its highest level like this this job has crazy inventory issues i'm working on twashtar for thief it's a process oh boy okay well i mean let's talk remas right because usually when people join this game nowadays they always see shouts it's like oh i gotta have rima this rima that and and with everyone not understanding beastmaster like not having a rima on beastmaster people are gonna feel like there's no way i'll ever party which isn't true that just means the the person it's whether or not the person is educated enough to understand what beastmaster brings to the table um but i'm going to kind of just talk about it in, in any order that i originally jotted these down at um the the first one is the most uh, notorious rima for beast um that would be your aimer uh aimer is basically your beastmaster nerva um this axe i i can't state enough how much this this axe does for this job um it doesn't allow you to close savage blade for like two hundred thousand damage um so that's definitely a given um, but it does do really dumb things to your pet. Um, but more more specifically, specific pets. Like, it, it has its TP bonus thing, um, but because of how Beastmaster is uniquely also a frontline DD, it's actually reasonable that you can keep your aftermath up. And it has the biggest upside um, with pets like uh, the, the Raz, the, the Warthog you'll, you'll see Beastmasters with sometimes, or really any pet with a multi-hit weapon skill. Uh, because that aftermath... Um, to occasionally attack twice or thrice, um, that translates to your pet as well. So it's actually going to allow your pet to uh, multi-attack more often where it normally wouldn't. And it gives them the ability to triple attack, which is crazy. Which then gives you extra TP and... And weapon skill damage. Because on go. every... Yes, I, every one of those... I was just kind of... W- without monologuing too hard, you know, because that'll kill people. 
Um, I, I kind of wanted to to let that part sink in real quick and then kind of talk about how, just like with player weapon skills, there are some that, that have FTP transfer or gain more damage with multi-attack, I guess is the easier way to digest it. Um, the same is true for your pets on Beastmaster. A lot of the ones with multi-attack moves actually benefit more from having multi-attacks on your multi-attacks. So when you're doing the sweeping gouge with the Raz, uh, typically you'll see about 11k damage versus a normal target. Um, uh, and that's if you land both hits. If you get a double attack in there, um, you'll probably see closer to like 16,000. Um, if you get a, a triple attack in there, you'll probably see around 22,000. And that doesn't sound very high based on the, the numbers that we put out as players. But what you have to understand is the pet can do that without needing TP. And it can do that roughly every nine-ish seconds. So... Well, nine with the seconds. charges that a pet has. I mean, yeah, that's close to a player. You have to put big asterisks on that. Yeah, that's that's close to a player. I mean, if you weren't, if you were alone and weren't buffed up or in a low buff situation, that's probably even more amazing. But as a player, well, you know. Yeah, and I mean, this is just pet focus for now, and I haven't even talked about being buffed yet. You can get eye popping numbers, but um, one thing you have to realize is that you can have up to three charges for your ready. Um, and every one of those cools down kind of like a scholar does with their stratagems, if people are familiar with scholar. So basically, after you've used one, it's already cooling down and you still have two more available for you to immediately use. So as you go through and use these TP moves, they're cooling down while you use them. So it's actually much shorter feeling uh, than what it truly is. So you can actually just spam these back to back to back to back, which is generally what I'll do during uh, a Zerg without even needing to do uh, Beastmaster's version of Conduit. So yeah, Aimer's pretty nutty. Um, if you're buffed, I think one of my records on Lilith is I was spamming like 44k sweeping gouges on her, and she died like immediately. To kind of put that into perspective. On VE? Uh, that was on E, but I don't see it changing a whole lot to N. I, I don't think you'll be able to pull that off on VD. Um, and then, of course, the strategy changes as you go beyond that. But I just wanted to put put that to something relatable that a lot of people will go in and do now. Because when people start fighting Lilith nowadays, um, you have that whole thing where you have to TP on her or TP on the fetter, then you have to weapon skill on her. And like sometimes your weapon skill damage may not stack up because maybe she's absorbed phalanx from somebody or something with absorb attribute. And you know, all sorts of complicated things that can happen with that fight. See, and generally the weapon skill damage on that fight for most people entering it with just trust buffs is around 20 to 30 k damage per weapon. See, when I did Lilith on Blue when it first came out, I was just doing it solo, and that's how I got all of my stuff with solo on E with TH4. I saw the Fetter thing immediately. I don't know why that took a while to circulate. I mean, as soon as you walk up, just hit that. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't care. I, I went toe-to-toe with it every time, and sometimes I died because I didn't pay attention or care, but eh, the Fetter thing's like, eh. It's the TP feed issue, really. Like, subjugating Slash is really the only thing that kills you. And yeah, well, and getting as a blue, you don't have that concern as much because Barrier Tusk helps you out a little more there. But uh, I think going, if I had the choice between going Beastmaster with TH4 or blue with TH4 and doing that, I would absolutely go Beast every time. Yeah, yeah. You can reach some pretty crazy DT totals. Um, and you can actually reach a pretty good DT total for your the Master, too, because the Master, unfortunately, has a stand pretty close. I'm going to talk that, about that at the very end, though. Um, but the, you have kind of a range issue on beast. Um, but yeah, the, the gear you can wear allows you to be toe-to-toe like that and just not even care, which is really nice. 
So we have the aimer. It enables really dumb things. Um, it's actually a, a very strong TP weapon with uh, the malignant set. Um, you you can like basically full time cap DT while still maintaining a crazy multi attack rate, and you can still pump out really decent uh, magical and physical weapon skill damage with axe weapon skills with it. So like I can't sing enough praises about the aimer. It's not the actual best at everything, but it's about the best thing that you can have if you if you're entering a general situation. So you know, it's high survivability with the other armor you can wear. And what's the um, small, it has a little brother. I was gonna say, what's the small general, you know, general things about every other weapon without getting too in deep on each one? Yeah, I don't need to go nearly as deep on the on any, everything else. The Gutler is a mini aimer. It gives you an attack bonus for your pet. Um, it gives you a physical option that you can chain darkness with. Um, anyone who plays ninja knows that uh, Kakoku is kind of nice because you can just do darkness, 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 spam uh, with Metsu. Uh, it acts kind of the same way. It it's not exceptional though. Um, it's just it's kind of a baby aimer. Uh, we got Farsha. Um, this one, <laughs> I know someone who absolutely loves Farsha, but uh, uh, for Beastmaster, find him uh, in the Farsha freezer acts aisle. about the same as it does for a warrior. You can find him in the freezer aisle. <laughs> Beast uh, Farsha works about the same, um, it, except that it's your best in slot reward axe. Uh, at R15, it gives you 50 mind, and that's not to be overlooked. Uh, you can go from basically zero to full HP um, with, with uh, a nice reward set, and you would just want to ensure that that takes place. And what I mean by that is you're going to restore a little over 4,000 HP with reward in a good set. And your pets have like anywhere between four and 6,000 HP. So like it's, they're pretty hardy and you want a nice reward to maximize that, uh, that reuse timer. It sounds like something uh, you would we, only really make if you really are going, you know, you're not towing in the water here. You're just kind of cannonballing in. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta finish uh, the Alphard Fangs. Um, I really want, I and you absolutely hated that I brought this up, but um, it's not an efficient way to play. Um, but I am actually really interested in maintaining aftermath with Farsha, wearing full malignants in a hyper buff situation with Killer Instinct up, because I just want to see what the white numbers look like. But it is not anywhere near the most efficient way to to deal damage. It, you're gonna get better options out of Aimer and an axe. I'll talk about two axes. I'll talk about later. Um, we see, have Triage. Like it's just. What's that? I like that. You're hundred percent correct. Yeah, it's it's just cool. Is all like I shoot for cool things, but uh, I guess when I sent it to you earlier, you just misunderstood. Well, I no, I took it. I took I it as more player. of like, hey, this is really cool, and I'm like, yeah, but I'm too pragmatic for that. I don't care if it's cool. Oh yeah, yeah. You're like, do not go out and like blow 180 million gil and like hours of camping on getting a farship because you think it's going to be like your best weapon. Put that time and effort into an aimer, please. Well, maybe you're or, on or warrior. Get the rest of your gear. Maybe you're on warrior with fencer, and you're using farsha and, and divergence, and you're doing your cloud splitters. Find it in the freezer aisle. So the triage. So the triage. Uh, uh, triage is just good. Um, it's a uh, it's a solid axe that doesn't get enough credit. Um, the best part about it is that it's free and it is a rima, so you can do a ton of damage with this axe, but it's not going to be as good as an aimer overall. Uh, and this is just to generalize. I'm not going to throw a spreadsheet map at you or even real life practice map. Uh, but I promise me in that, or I promise you that uh, it's it's not as good as other options. I have a tri edge. I love the tri edge, but it's just kind of a one trick pony like all Ionics are. Uh, and now we have uh, the Pangu though. Uh, Pangu is the divergence weapon that's crafted. Uh, this axe is stupid. Uh, it uh, it does crazy things for your damage taken sets. Um, it basically allows you to wear a normal TP set and be capped on DT, where normal jobs have to sacrifice something. So on Path C, this is a damage 242 axe, which is nutty, because axes usually top out around uh, around 200 damage, so you're already like 40 damage up. 
And then uh, on top of that, you get 50 accuracy like they all give you. Um, it gives your pet 50 accuracy. It gives everything in, involved uh, 50 magic accuracy. Has a 269 skill rating for even more accuracy, which is it's already sounding like a Dynamis Divergence weapon or you, something you take to Dynamis Divergence. Uh, but on Path C, it gives you personal 25% DT and it gives your pet 15% DT. So you're wearing half of the DT cap in a high damage, high accuracy weapon for your main hand. Sounds nutty. It is nutty. Um, I know we call you the Grease Monkey because of you doing all the math and the mechanics hi, and the numbers, numbers. But are you sure you don't want to be the nutty professor instead? I don't know, man. Uh, I'm just trying to, to keep it as, as family-friendly as possible. But uh, So to better explain it, it's fucking stupid. Uh, this axe allows you to wear a damage taken set in your regular TP gear without sacrificing almost anything. If you think about it, <laughs> sorry, your ambu- It just <laughs> you went from nutty to just what? saying fucking stupid. <laughs> just you went okay. It screw is, you! It's, it's fucking stupid. stupid. We're throwing it out the window. I'm it's sorry. That was, that was just. It was just after talking to you this many times, just hearing you go from that to that. I just I couldn't. That was that was hilarious. It, it, it's it's it is really that good though. Like it, it's worth emphasizing. Nutty is um, fine, but the ship of fine. being family friendly sailed a long time ago, my friend. I know. I just try to have standards. Well, that makes one uh, of us. So yeah, Pengu, uh, don't overlook it. It's amazing for everything DT. I'm not going to dwell on it too much longer. Um, it is an amazing Mistral Axe axe, Mistral axe, weapon skill using axe. Um. But it's not your highest damage weapon. Uh, that actually isn't even Arima at all. Uh, the highest damage weapon that, that uh, Beast is going to use is the Dolly Kennis. Uh, that is your Ambuscade Axe, and it makes Decimation the biggest, stupidest damage that this job can even put out. If, you, if you're actually buffed in a party, and you're, you're spamming Decimations, and, and you can spam it really well, because Beast is also a light armor job, so it's like Rune Fencer. It gets to wear a lot of really nice uh, TP generation gear while also having the heavy armor that, that Warrior can use, or at least a lot of it. Um, so you're building TP really fast. You're spamming these these decimations that are damage boosted by 120%, and that's like per hit on, on this weapon skill. So, so on average, like your, your decimations hit anywhere from 40k to like 65k generally. And uh, it, of course, depends on the debuffs to the target and the buffs you have. Uh, but it is a really hard-hitting weapon, and um, the only downside that I see is that uh, you, with also owning a Pangu, you don't get the 25% DT on you, so it gets kind of, you know, I, I don't really favor it as much because I, I try to play to where I don't die. But in situations where I can go nuts, um, Dolly Kennis is, is really awesome, and it's really easy to get. Like, you get that damage boost from the Kaja version. You don't even need the, uh, you don't even need the, uh, the Pulse Weapon trade-in to get the, uh, the big damage on it helps a bunch to have that, and it would be good to have because you did mention Rune Fencer there for a brief second, but the the Dullishinus is good for Rune Fencer as well to have as a strong fusion closer, and situationally, you know, if you don't have other weapons yet, it's also probably one of your best DD weapons too. Yeah, and I mean, you can never overlook fusion as a, a skill chain compatible buddy too. Um, you you have a lot of jobs that, that close um, uh, Savage Blade, um, that's fragmentation, so you're gonna make light with uh, with uh, uh, decimation. Uh, even people can close if if you want to be resolution. inefficient about it. Yeah, resolution. Um, you can close true flight on it uh, for light. You can close lead and salute for gravitation. Resol- yeah, 
yeah, you you can do a lot of really cool stuff with fusion openers. Like that's it, it's it's a boon, and it's a boon that hits really hard. It's something that um, you lack a lot of. It's like fusion weapon skills is one of those things. Polearm doesn't get it unless you have a Gugnia. Uh, sword doesn't get it. Great sword. Do, I mean. Great sword oh. gets it with with scourge and and we talked about sword, but you have to like bring a hand to hand or an axe, and those aren't really common things to have well, all the time. To correct the polearm thing, um, Gunier adds the uh, distortion. Problem. Yeah, actually, you you're right. You're right. I'm thinking backwards. Thing. Distortion because yeah. you get fusion off of Drexbane, and I know that because I know that <laughs> because he's a dragoon. Because uh, yes, but um. Overall, though, and, and this is what I want to stress with the Rima list, these Rimas are really cool. They help your job, but they are not nearly as important as the gear. And uh, the last Rima that you get on Beastmaster isn't even a weapon. Uh, the Imperian plus one body does to Beastmaster what the uh, the Impetus body, the Impetus Imperian body does to Monk. It, it's that stupid. So with Beastmaster, what you can do is you can actually build up to a 50% killer effect. Or even like just casually sitting around, you can be at thirty five percent pretty easily with uh, merits and like your uh, your relic head, which is already like your best weapon skill piece for single damage anyway. And with that Imperium body, um, what it does is it takes your your current our killer trait bonus, and it takes twenty five percent of that and adds an additional twenty five percent of that as damage and damage taken to what you're already getting from Killer Instinct as further multipliers. Yes, as so it's nutty. It is absolutely nutty. Um, that was a pretty profound phrasing you had there. Uh, Astronomically amazeballs. Well, what you want to look at is everyone is so crazy about all these ambuscade weapons, right? I guess the, this is the easiest way to, to compare it to something people understand. Um, you know, I was talking about Decimation doing an extra 120% damage per hit. Um, this works the same way. This is on the per hit basis. So if you have a multi-hit weapon skill, and you're using this, you you are getting this, you're getting this this crazy bonus just in spades. Um, if you have the fifty percent bonus, um, you have seventy five percent additional damage just kind of chilling there for you, just hanging out. Um, it is halved versus NMs, but who's really going to turn down thirty seven percent? I'd say that that's a, a pretty significant bonus. I'd say quit spanking your mic. Uh, I'm spanking my mic. I don't know. I, it sounds like you're smacking it. Um, but so before we get off the weapons completely here, so in essence, so far, one thing I've seen stand out here as an observer who has a Beastmaster at level 37 is, yeah, is that it has an actual very low barrier to entry. Uh, Kaja is very easy to get and you can put out good, respectable join a D ambuscade worthy numbers. Uh, especially even N if you don't have the gear yet, but that weapon alone, very quick and easy to... Well, I wouldn't say if you're a brand new player, not very quick and easy. If you're a seasoned player, it pretty quick and instant to make without even getting a pulse weapon. And the rest of the and, everything else, it's like a little... an afternoon or two. An afternooner. Well, in, in, in an afternoon or two, you can get the Kaja weapon. Like, Kaja weapon's not too hard. Well, yeah, I know. It's you, not, you can do ends. Some players struggle and do VE, so I don't want to overgeneralize. But let's not get lost in that. But it sounds like you have a very low startup cost barrier to entry, and then you can re-actually, not full-on endgame ready, but, you know, any sort of no. pickup group or... Yeah, obviously not. But, you know, I think a lot of people base context in Ambuscade, so... I think you'd be ready for that, and a lot of jobs wouldn't be at that point where Beastmaster already is. Well, the cool thing about Beastmaster, though, is it's not really... Because everyone's always DD-centric. I was even DD-centric when I was explaining Rima's, and that's pretty much what they do for you. 
Um, but the cool thing about Beastmaster is you aren't always just a DD. So thinking the barrier for entry is just limited to what gear you can provide from an offensive standpoint isn't actually all there is to it. Well, yeah, um, that, that's what I'm getting at, too, because talk about the slug, yeah. because the slug's instant, you have it. That's <laughs> So if you can already do that, and then you have a good enough weapon that also skill chains with a skill chain bonus on the final pulse weapon there, and then you're already doing respectable damage and contributing significantly to a group, possibly preventing the group from needing to stand there waiting for a geomancer or something, I mean, you're, you're already the hero, so yeah. go into the slug. People don't know the slug well enough. Yeah, so, okay. So Beastmaster has some really cool uh, debuffs. Um, the Slug has a move called uh, Corrosive Ooze. The Slug is generous, Arthur. You've probably seen Beastmasters running around with it. Um, it's actually a really strong uh, physical damage AoE. Um, it's not actually magic damage, um, but it has an unresistible, um, uh, unless the enemy is just straight up immune to, you know, you know like darkness-based defects or debuffs or whatever. But it has an unresistible negative 33% defense down and negative 33% attack down that stacks with other forms of that as long as it's not that, that specific. Minor minor correction there. So to, to clarify, it'll stack with frailty because frailty is a geo debuff. Huh. Minor correction, wind is the debuff element for defense down. Oh, it's, it's wind? Okay. Yes. Well, that that's neat because I haven't really run into the issue with that happening. It, it lands on everything. Um, that includes Miro and Wave 3. Like Not many it's, things it's, it's, are immune, yeah. straight out immune. I mean, you'd have to be minus 95%. So 5% of any of those. And not or, that you would find it on BG completely, but. Or you'd have to like absorb the effect. Uh, that usually won't cause an additional effect to land. But um, yeah, so that's it, absolutely correct, though. Um, but the, the cool thing here is that it, it doesn't get resisted. So you're dropping this, this huge defense and attack down at the same time on everything in an AoE. Like this is this is not a conal. This is this is actually an AoE attack. So it hits everything in the ambuscade you're in. It has like a, a 10 a 10 ish range. Yeah, so it, it's pretty big. Um so the, the the slug offers this for you. Uh you stack it with frailty. Defense goes even further down. You can stack it with I, I think it box step is the defense down. It stacks with box step. Uh, it doesn't stack with things like armor break or angon though. Um so make sure you communicate that in advance. Um, your effect is stronger than theirs, so make sure that your effect is what's on it. Um, and it should overwrite it as well. We just don't want to see people wasting resources that they could be better used, you know, doing other things. It's going to happen, and you just got to let them waste them, because as long as yours isn't getting overwritten, once it's stronger so it won't, uh, they let them waste yeah. their, their little pulls. Yeah, but I mean, that that's just like, that's the one trick that Beast has become more notably uh, associated with recently. Um, there's a lot of pets that actually add a lot of really cool stuff like that. Um, to a lesser extent, uh, you can do the same thing with a fusion opener, uh, with uh, with the new uh, the Rhino Charge, I think it is, uh, on the on the new Beetle that got released. Uh, it gives twenty five percent defense down. It's spammable. It can get resisted though, so that's kind of like a lesser thing. But it's still a skill chain opener as well. So you're not necessarily ruining everybody's day by throwing that pact in there um, or that ready move. Uh, you get like the the Akuex pet, which no one, I, almost no one has ever seen because there aren't many of us that actually use it. Um, it actually has the um, the malaise version of what the uh, the slug brings to the table. So it actually brings a negative twenty five magic attack bonus and negative twenty five magic defense bonus to the mob that it lands on. It's also a very potent darkness uh, based damage attack. So you can actually magic burst this for crazy numbers. It's a uh, it's pretty sweet too. Magic bursting on beasts. That's that's just funny to me. 
Uh, my record so far is 88k damage with that magic. To burst. what? The wave one statue. <laughs> the, the mid boss? Yeah. And oh, the cool sweet. thing is, it, it, it actually, because it bursts with that kind of damage, it actually um, helps everyone else trying to deal damage too. Like, not like your Corsairs really need help or your Rangers need help or whatever you're using to burn it. Um, but that negative 25 magic defense bonus matters uh, enough to where. Maybe you don't have to use the same kind of um, buffs or, or debuffs elsewhere, you know, and still hit that kind of damage. Like maybe you can go with a more uh, TP, a better TP saving way of approaching it, I guess, is the best way to put it. Or maybe a more defensive setup uh, since you have that available to you. Um, it has a pretty high land rate. It's not like the slug. It's not irresistible or anything, but it's pretty cool. It would be very helpful for, say, you're using... How, would that even work on Halfus for those groups that aren't using Monk and Ninja because they don't have a better setup? Uh, is that would that be a way to increase? Because Halfus resists Dark, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. Um, I have not tried it on Halfus, so I, I I don't really want to speak to something I haven't tried. Okay. Tried. Um, but what I think would happen there is is you're probably better get dispelled. You know. We keep lagging. Let me change servers one second. Okay. Discord's horrible on the weekend. Sorry to everyone. Well, I'm sure we'll get through. Yeah, okay, I changed this. We should be fine now, hopefully. Uh, but what it also seems really exciting to me about Beastmaster, coming from a Blue Mage perspective here, which, you know, that maybe be the closest thing because you'll learn the moves from monsters, would be yeah. it's exciting on Blue that you're always prepared without needing extra gear. Of course you always do. But you have an array of tools that you can't all use at once that you have to pick and choose. And it lets you be tactical on the field. And, and if you, the better you understand what's going on, the better you understand what you have and what you can do. It's good because you can employ things you don't always do, but make a change to the situation on the field that are more beneficial. Whether you're using Entomb on Albumen's Ez for some reason, because that's, you know, it's a viable strategy. Done it. Yeah. But... Things like that are exciting because you have those things and you don't always get to do them, this and that. But on Beastmaster, you have the same sort of thing going on with your pets. You can just pull out something. You're not really going to need the little blue blob there, the the coos or whatever he is. But, yeah, yeah. but the fact that he does that and no one else is bringing a potent magic defense down to the, the table here, really, uh, that, that's actually very useful to even merit a spot for the job. Yeah, especially one that actually stacks with malaise. It's 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 that good, but uh, yeah, like it, it adds a lot of flexibility to the table. Um, I would say that it's more narrow than B, than Blue Mage, uh, because it is attached to some pretty uh, punishing timers. If you want to if you want to swap pets frequently, um, the the cooldown for Call Beast is about a minute or two minutes and fifteen ish seconds. If you have like all the stuff for it and merits, and then uh, the Bestial Loyalty timer is a ten minute reuse. So well, that's I mean, what you want to use for your hiking. Changing drugs, spells on Blue Mage uh, in the middle is those drugs are usually kind of expensive. What's that? I was gonna say changing spells on Blue Mage is two minutes. Down. Yeah, yeah, I see that you don't always get me when I'm saying something. Yeah, doesn't it have like a one or two minute cooldown? Uh it's a two minute cooldown for Blue. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's a lot like that, but you can set more options at a time than a Beastmaster can. So in, in a way, yeah, you you get a lot more utility out of a Blue Mage if you look at it that way. But you aren't gonna get the same kind of potency out of it. Like I guess you have Torbillion. And, yeah, but that's on know, a timer. That's, that's pretty good, but it doesn't. It's it's on a it's on a timer, right? And yeah, it it's fine. It's, it's like unbridled or or one hour, but it's the unbridled learning, and it's five minutes, and it's you know it's not. It, it can also it's physical too, so it's another layer of potentially not landing. But 
I mean, Beastmaster, you can swap your pet mid-fight. Unless you have Azure sets to save a set for you on Blue Mage or know exactly what you're doing, you're not swapping mid-fight because you can't, every, you can't sit there and actively play while changing your spells, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'd just be auto-attacking at that point, and you'd just be kind of like a bad red mage, I guess. A bad anything. If you didn't have that. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, it, it is common though for good beastmasters to swap pets, and and you should be encouraged to do so. Just be mindful of your timers. Like that's that's a big thing. Um, you can keep a lot of really cool buffs on yourself too. It doesn't extend to the party, but like uh, if you're using the sheep, like you have a nine minute rage, which is a a nine minute berserk that gives you fifty percent more damage or fifty percent more attack and negative twenty five or negative fifty percent less defense. But you can get some pretty crazy gear on Beastmaster to kind of offset that. Uh, so you're you're basically getting a a buff that is stronger than a Warrior's Berserk. Does it? It doesn't stack crazy. with Warrior's Berserk, right? Uh, no, it does not. Um, but what it does stack with are um, other attack buff effects. Nature so I'm not talking about Warcry. Yes, it, it should stack with with that if it were possible to stack with that. But uh, we actually don't get that move. Um, what it does start stack with, though, is Frenzied Rage with the links. You can actually get a total of plus 70% attack, negative 50% defense. What I'm also you, getting out there is that... You um, can, it's recommended to leave the links out. You can bring a Beastmaster with a Blue Mage, and the fact that you're buffing the Blue Mage, you know, giving oh. a plus 100% attack, and you can use Nagling while you open Fusion or backwards with your, you know, your Ambuax there, your Dolce or whatever, your Dolly. Uh, that would be a very good combo. Just, <laughs> just you know, strikes me immediately as a nice way to play with two are, independent. Are you talking jobs. about? Uh, are are you talking about um, AOEing the nature's mediation? No, I'm just talking about in general uh, closing Savage Blade or opening Savage Blade and closing with oh. the Dolishenus there and having the extra attack, the 33 percent defense down. I mean, you have Tenorable on blue, but it's Tenorable's not that potent. It's not 33. Yeah, that'd be a great oh, yeah. combo for two players. Well, I mean, you were in that. Uh, we, we we actually did that ambuscade together where we did the um, the the rats or whatever, where you couldn't bring like bards and corsairs mm-hmm. and stuff. Oh yeah, that was that was an and, excellent ambuscade for blue, for beast and blue. Those were like their best month. Yeah, it is an awesome combo. In fact, you got to rock the really cool combo of having a blue master or a blue master, a beast master, a blue mage, and a dancer all in the same party, and it's it's really strong. I'd rather have that than a geomancer in most ambuscades. I can agree as long as you don't need the Geo like sub white mage for for extra status cures or something that the white mage may not be able to keep up with for whatever reason. Yeah, like Be- Beastmaster can also uh, sub things other than DD jobs and and actually do a pretty decent job of it, but it doesn't really play to its direct strengths. Well, take, like, you, take you this month for rule example. Out that you can. But... You'd rather have a scholar or white mage this month with the uh, the trolls because you're having head snatch take on your tank to one HP regularly. You don't, you know, the geo isn't. I mean, yeah, there's welt, but you could also get the same large defense attack down from the slug there. So yeah, and then the geo just stands there and maybe throws out cures and it doesn't do anything else the whole fight. Well, that's actually the setup that, that Rua had going for that party that I joined him with uh, that we talked about. I don't know if we talked about it on broadcast last last podcast, but. It might have been afterwards, uh, but I did didn't. a, yeah. So I, I did an ambuscade with with Rua, and he wanted me to come Beastmaster. Uh, so I came Beastmaster to it, and uh, the setup was Runefencer, Beastmaster, Monk, Bard, Corsair, and Scholar, and we breezed through it. There, there was no issues whatsoever, and a lot of that was because um, Beastmaster and Monk together are actually a very low TP feed option, 
And with this month's Ambuscade, there's a lot of hate reset when it comes to head seize and head snatch. So um, a lot of your DDs run the risk of just exploding if the Rune Fencer loses hate. Because they'll get set to 1 HP, and they'll lose all their hate on the main boss. And the main boss will turn around and start smacking somebody else. And the main boss is a monk. He hits not really that hard, but if you're not really expecting it, there could be an issue. But uh, what we did was we brought Beastmaster and Monk, and I just spammed Decimation. And, and it did awesome damage. But what I kept doing is every 30 seconds, I just snarled all of my enmity onto the slug. And the cool thing about the slug, is, as with all beast pets, is they have extra traits depending on what kind of mob they are. And the slug actually resists blunt damage. So I didn't even need to switch out of my DD set for when the uh, the Rune Fencer lost hate, turned around, Generous Arthur tanked basically the rest of the fight until the, uh, the Rune Fencer got hate back. Because I just kept spamming the weapon skill and I just kept throwing hate back onto the slug, and the slug took almost no damage. And because there was so such little going on, the uh, the bard and the corsair could keep the auras off pretty consistently, and there really wasn't a whole lot of head seizing going on. So we ju we just kind of did this really boring ambuscade where we beat a troll to death and, and killed his <laughs> buddies. Yeah, yeah, I'm... like the the hate reset just didn't matter. Yeah, that's that's perfect. But as far as uh, the the specific damage taken the uh, the SDT there on pets, generally it mimics the family. So slugs in general have that sort of uh, blunt reduction trait. I don't think I'm going to say 99.9% .9 chance I didn't do the slug family on BG. Uh, I'll do it by the time this is out, just so it can be out. But you can look. I mean, because the jug pet page on BG was before we even knew that existed, so there was a cell there to a you know to accommodate. That specific, we know that this mob takes minus 50% water damage. This jug pet does that. But that's more of a, it generally mimics the species. So if those are filled in on BG, yes. you have that information. Yeah, and absolutely go look those up. Uh, the, the more planning you can do in advance, the better Beastmaster that you'll be overall. That's for sure. So we're, uh, we're talking a lot. Well, I mean, there's probably a couple pets to go into. Is there any other pets left? I know there's, uh, the there's, there's no world where I can cover all the pets. Well, I mean, they, the they leech all is, have their leech is ridiculous. Leech is potentially bandwagon game breaking so, as it is so yeah the, the leech is something i need to experiment with a bit more and this is actually something that rua brought to my attention um in the past i had actually just used the tickling tendrils from the uh the pitcher plant to uh reduce tp on the mob but uh what se did recently to beast is they released a trait called uh, tandem blow uh, in addition to tandem strike which is also cool but tandem blow is a little more important uh because it adds subtle blow too between uh, the Beastmaster and the pet. And it adds about 20, I think the number is. It's 15 or 20. I think it's 15. 15. But uh, it basically allows you to be almost like a monk in regards to how much TP you're feeding. Because it, it, Beastmaster gets a lot of subtle blow gear. You, you often sub ninja a lot. And uh, when, when, you're, when, you're, when you have that much subtle blow going on, you're not feeding a lot of TP. And that, that's actually a strategy that I hope we catch on more and more. It's, it's definitely picked up a lot of speed recently. But if you have something like Tickling Tendrils, you're actually reducing TP as well. And you can con consistently do that. Um, what Rua brought to my attention was there was another pet that did it that I completely forgot about. And that's if you bust up the leech, the leech actually has TP Drain Kiss. So you can actually do a, uh, a mewing strat by yourself as Beastmaster. With a job that provided does more you can limit than TP Summoner. Thing. Yeah, I, I it definitely depends on the buffs because like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that you know a conduit burn is 
is nothing. No, because no. It's definitely a lot of damage. I'm talking when people just take out Kate Sith and do nothing but mewing to keep TP down. Oh. I'm saying you're DDing while your leech is also doing that. So you're immediately to a strategy already contributing more. Uh, yeah. Um, especially if you're paired up with a monk. Like uh, a Beastmaster, the, the, the leech and a monk can probably take down a lot of the most ridiculous stuff in the game with like very little uh very little issue just because uh you're 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 basically making it so the mob can't do anything uh, what i do need to test though is whether or not that tp drain kiss can get resisted or or what uh what the monster scaling really does to it um i haven't really had a lot of time since that's been brought to my attention but it's something that i really want to start messing with because uh, uh beastmaster gets really cool dt sets that are also extremely synergistic with subtle blow strats um it, it, the the gear you get is it, it's almost like SE specifically planned for the gear to be combined that way. It's it's kind of scary. It also seems like they want to reward players who are sophisticated enough, not that that's the proper word or not, but have enough finesse and interest and knowledge that they can apply that to the game to reduce headwinds without as many people. So if you have one good friend and you want to take out some trust and you want to fight something and not deal with too many TP moves and fight, I don't know farm an omen body for yourself if it's just you and your friend doing it you don't have to sit there and shout for people compete for the body and you can go out and exploit the mechanics they give you that you can't exploit as well in a group when everyone's you know obviously tp feeding without subtle blow two and stuff and you can go play the game and get stuff you want without having to face as much adversity because you're using something they gave you to overcome it yeah and I mean, to jump on that, uh, especially with like ridiculous solos and stuff like uh, Koyu is uh, Kyo or however you pronounce that is one of the ones that I want to really start attempting seriously uh, as Beastmaster because I, I still need a new deck jacket. I would absolutely love that piece. And uh, that's that mob in particular seems like it's like one of the more difficult solo options. I know that jobs have before uh, Red Mage is notorious for it. Um, I haven't really seen a whole lot about Beastmaster doing it, but I'm sure I wouldn't be the first beast to do it if I did it. Uh, but it seems like with the ability to snarl your hate onto your pet so that the pet eats unfaltering bravado and the amount of uh, magic evasion damage taken straight up counter rate <laughs> uh, in Cartata, like you can you can just stack your defenses to the moon on this job all in one go. And I, I feel like it's an enfeebles like is it, it it hits you with a different enfeeble like every time it tries to hit you. Um, I, I feel like you would be kind of like how the rune fencer generally resists that um with the job because I, you're you're rocking over 700 magic evasion in this build it's a it's it's a pretty crazy gear set so that with the uh the ability to control unfaltering bravado like i don't see it as that it, it doesn't seem like that difficult of a solo i'm just been currently doing a lot of gin that i've been burning my tags on so i i really want to move on to kuyu soon so that, or I'm butchering the pronunciation of that name. Just to uh, see, we're gonna uh, have to get to Rua to, to tell us that, and, and and we'll figure that out because I don't know that that's a that's a lore sort of question. <laughs> lore sort of question. Yeah. As our our formal only lore expert who was on once and is not a you know speed dial sort of contact, uh, he is our go to there. Yeah, I don't know. We do talk to him now since that episode, so maybe he's a speed dial contact. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that I, I bounce some Beastmaster stuff off of them. Uh, so I'll talk to him every once in a while. That's what's really fun about Rua, aside from anything else, is that he also shares the same genuine interest. So if you want to bounce an idea off him, like just what you said, he's the kind of right guy to kind of go like, oh, well, what about this? What about this? Because you're using Tickling Tendrils on the Snapweed, and he's using uh, the TP Drinkus and the Leech, and it's like, oh, I didn't think of that. 
I'm more than certain that drain kiss is superior. I just don't know what the resist rate would look like. Um, you can get some pretty good magic evasion, but uh, I'd have to look at the pet. I mean, magic act, but just yeah. To be sure. Or magic act, yeah. Uh, since we're running through this at quite a long pace of what we have to cover, I'm actually going to look at your notes here, and I have to ask you. There's, you, there's so much you, to cover. You, you wrote a, what is this? I, I thought Funk was bad, but I mean, I like reading yours better. Sorry, Funk. Yours is easier for me to follow. Uh, you're a very I wrote a paper on bees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A notepad paper. Didn't even open it up a word, a document, just made a notepad text. Uh, you're a deep thinker here. Who is pondering Peter? Okay, so pondering Peter is one of my favorite pets, and I keep trying to use him because I I, I don't care about being a DD, by the way. I, I talk about parses a lot and I talk about optimizing DD and stuff because because I like to to play my jobs well. So if I'm expected to be a DD, I go DD. I actually really like playing support, and I actually really enjoy playing Beastmaster as a support. Like, I, I would be totally thrilled going Beast Sub White Mage or, or Beast Sub Dancer and like doing um, just debuffs and stuff and supporting the party because it's an interesting way to play and it's so kind of effective. Uh, Pondering Peter is a rabbit. You get a rabbit trust, has all the rabbit moves, including Wild Carrot. And, and Wild Carrot is the way that I, I solidified figuring out for myself that uh, that uh, beast pets cannot generate enmity on their own in any reasonable way, which is an awful nerf for Messi. But uh, this this rabbit gets wild carrot, and for two charges, you get Kiraga 4 for free. You can just spam Kiraga 4. I, your your party just survives. I like what you put here. You You put pondering Peter is a real man. He is a real man. Oh, dude, uh, 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 in addition to the support it provides your party, I've actually held um, your own entire Dynamis polls. Oh well, yeah, I held my own, obviously. Um, but I, I've held entire Dynamis polls. In fact, I, I actually have pulled in Dynamis using Peter. And what I do is I sick Peter on 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 the pole or whatever, and then between Wild Carrot spamming Wild Carrot, wearing eighty seven five DT or close to it, I think I, I usually rock about seventy eight. Um, in most sets to stay reasonable uh between wild carrot and and spamming like around 4k rewards like the the rabbit is almost indestructible and aside from the rabbit there's another really interesting pet that i want to try in the same vein like as far as like holding poles and that would be the new uh slime pet i think it's like sultry patrice i think is the name of it I had to and, look up uh, Pondering it, Peter on BG when I you said that. I'm like, who the hell is Pondering Peter? He sounds like a rabbit. Because no one uses it. Nobody uses it, and it's it's such a good support trust or a support trust, such a good support um, uh, pet. Like if you sub white mage, you can take care of status cures and spot healing while you while you also have the uh, the rabbit busting out the Kiragas. And then on top of that, like if you have a scythe equipped, you can entropy your own MP back. You don't even need to be in it. You don't even need to be a refresh sponge. It's a really engaging way of playing the job in a support role that might even appeal to people who just absolutely have to DD. I like the idea of Beast being a support because it already provides good support in terms of whether you want to provide defense with a turtle. For Situationally, that could be very big. Uh, maybe you, you have some fight where you really need to nerf the attack of a move, a Halfus would be something, nerfing his attack helps surviving him from taking it from a challenge or potentially something lethal down to, oh, we're, we're living. Same even for the uh, Quadov and Diversions 2 
uh, his stomp or whatever or stuff like if you lower his attack he's not doing the same damage especially to your back line potentially and potentially yeah, killing is pretty key in a lot of those fights. yeah will can make that will to go further yeah it, it makes it go further by far with that extra defense uh even providing counter with the Raz. I mean, and then you can heal on top of it. You don't even have to be involved. If your group needs some healing, uh that you know it, I can't just generalize and say if, why you would need that healing, but it's just a fun sort the, of thing. The problem with the buffs the problem with the buffs is that is only for the master though. So it's not like you can oh, give that to the party. And I that's thought, where the debuffs is stronger. I thought there were some you could give to the party too. No, none Ooh. of them can, you can give See, to the party. That, that's the downside. See, that that's that's actually I, I guess that it's good you bring that up because that's why I've been talking about the debuffs more so than the buffs. They're really the good. Buffs are pretty crazy. They're they're really strong, but it's only for you. And if it was for your party, it would be a lot better. Like that Roz buff is is ridiculous. And if it went to everybody, it would probably be the most broken pet in the game. Uh, for those that, that don't know, the 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 Roz pet um, gives a 25 percent guard rate, twenty five percent magic haste that I hope they change to a job ability haste soon, twenty five percent counter rate, and twenty five magic defense bonus. They won't change it because like it's three ish minutes. I know, but if if that was job ability haste, like there, that that pet would be the most ridiculous pet because aside from that move, it also has sweeping gouge, which gives twenty five percent. Uh, defense down to the target so it's it's basically my go-to in most fights uh where especially if i'm solo um i'll play with the raws all day because usually the mobs just can't hurt you and you can hurt them harder it's like one of the perfect pets so you know now that we talked it's a good segue there about how the buffs don't translate to the party members there obviously are barriers. This was one I've been thinking of from the very start I wanted to get to. There's barriers to Beast not only being accepted by the community, otherwise SE wouldn't have to do multiple updates at this point, a la Monk style, even though Monk's in a great position right now. And I think Beastmaster is as well, honestly. But yeah. what are the barriers besides the anemic understanding, which is obviously one thing to overcome. As soon as Beast has a solid position in the community where oh it's the best defense down bring this every time you don't need this everyone's gonna be like oh i'll do that now <laughs> but outside of that what are the other barriers to entry for a beast being wanted in a group as effective it's beyond having good debuffs and buffs because otherwise that would have already made beast uh, a superstar at this point so is it that beast damage isn't something that shines to other jobs even though it obviously seems like using the ambuscade actually automatically get a because I've I fought with an ambuscade with the rats. You parsed right at the top, right we were we were neck and neck that whole yeah. ambuscade, and I was like, wow, this is a beastmaster that I haven't played with beast so, before because no one has it, and he's topping the parse right. You know, we're on each other's heels. I was actually right behind Rua's monk. Like I think I was within two percent of Rua's monk during this ambuscade this month. So yes, it it uh we <laughs> the, the damage is crazy, but the problem. And I hate to just blame it on this, but the, the problem is the actual meta itself. I, I don't think the job actually needs a lot of extra favors. Like, the, there's issues with large-scale models for the mobs that have a mechanical issue with how Beastmaster can order issues to the pet. Because you have to be right up on your pet. You have to be within, like, six yalms in order to issue a command. And on larger mobs, that almost guarantees that you're standing right next to your pet. Well... If you're transferring your enmity to your pet at all times, sometimes you don't want to stand on the same side of the mob as uh, as your pet does. So to be able to extend that to maybe nine or ten yelms, that that would be a little more reasonable without 
like trying to have people turn us back into summoners that aren't as good at being a summoner as summoner is. Um, but truly, the misunderstanding is the meta. And the meta will generally shout for what they currently have to, to fill parties, because a lot of these changes to Beastmaster are very new. Um, and they're not quite as explored. And when you take that and combine it with a history of the top players of the job being very pet focused and not really branching out from pet strategies, he's still advocating for, for mostly pet strategy. With the yeah, and he's a great player. By oh, the yeah, way. he I is. Played not, not knocking him there, but. But there's an issue there in incorporating Beastmaster into parties where it would actually be able to fit because it still has that stigma. Um, the the issue isn't isn't the the buffs and debuffs. In fact, those are usually welcome in alliances when when it's able to show up. But the beastmasters that are actually geared and have done the planning or and are intelligent enough to to be what they need to be for the party, not just be some DD that can also debuff, are very far and few between. And these meta groups are already shouting to get the most efficient jobs in the group based on what already works, like. To cap PDF, you don't need the slug. You're, you're, you can get those buffs in other ways. And sometimes it's not even relevant. Sometimes you're just true flighting things to death, right? And in those situations, you may have to go as Beastmaster in a different way. Like providing a negative magic defense bonus could be useful. Or even just providing debuffs. Like you, like that 33% uh, that attack down from that slug, that actually matters. Um, you got to look at it in other ways. And with the meta only shouting for the, for the, way, the easy ways that the meta just clears things before it doesn't open up a lot of room in that alliance or, or without cutting into the potential buyers if you're looking down that road um but it, it cuts into the the alliance to have this extra job that may not actually be necessary so beastmaster tends to go further when the alliance is willing to branch out and tackle content in a different way and that's not to say that they're tackling it in a way that's inefficient it's just a different way of doing it because you don't have to be the absolute top of the meta to, to clear the things in this game anymore I, yeah. I don't know why people would ever believe that because we're so powerful now. Like we can just straight up solo this stuff because an alliance. Because you, know, you so. get people in this game, like I'm not gonna. I want to sit here and say things like you get people in this game like Yanren who get the gear and don't know what they're doing and try to merc all day, and their runs are never as impressive as even other pickup group runs because they don't really know what they're doing. There's a mass level of ignorance in this community, and they just replicate what they've seen. These are not in any way intuitive people i would say they're just doing whatever they've seen and they're just trying to get what I, I don't know what certain people in this game need to get infinite levels of gill at this point unless you're selling it uh that you have to constantly sell ambuscade every month i don't know who you're gearing up every month but i and they don't they don't know how to tackle content they go oh there's a mechanic that's in that's coming up against my group but it's causing us trouble can i throw summoners at it and bypass the mechanic sometimes you can uh can i just not deal with it and face roll it oftentimes you can so you're just going to take the strongest jobs out there people take you know dark knight samurai warrior buff them up be done with the fight maybe go reset your one hours even if they really feel special but they don't know how to fight things. People just, I mean, look at it with throwing summoners at albumen. You don't need that. <laughs> I mean, it makes it very easy. It's also a potential no. loss. It's not a guaranteed no. win. But they wouldn't know how to fight it otherwise. I guarantee you, most of the people who have cleared Aeonics, who didn't buy Speaking. them and did summoners, or even just bought them a summoners, wouldn't be able to really clear these things without struggling a lot. 
if they didn't it's do this. Funny, it's funny you say that because, um, I, okay, so so I've murked and you make a lot of gill off doing it. So <gasps> I'm not going to be a hypocrite and say that murk is bad, right? But it's funny how many summoners that are in the, the group I'm murking with don't know how to murk things. Like, uh, I remember we had... Um, I think it was like three or four Nirvana summoners and we were doing albumin like, that you mentioned, you mentioned albumin. Um, they all sicked it from the same angle. <laughs> uh. like you're supposed to, you're supposed to fan them out in like a star shape. So that way when albumin turns to them, they, he doesn't immediately guard and counter all of your removes. Like that, that's it's just common sense. But I had to, we, we actually had to take the white because I wasn't paying attention. I was, I was tanking and, uh, and we ended up losing a conduit burn because they didn't have the right positioning. Like there's a lot of people out there who just, who even take these meta strategies and then don't even research what the meta strategy is or how you win. it. Like it, it shouldn't be hard to mash, you know, your, your conduit button until you've subscribed to the channel. But a lot of people make even that look difficult. So it's kind of a tall order to tell people to accept Beastmaster into groups. And I guess the only way to really do it is to get the impassioned few who actually want to take this job and, and do cool things with it and, and play it as something that's not just a DD and not just a buffing hybrid, hybrid, but playing it as what your party actually needs in order to get more of it into the mainstream. Um, because unless people can see that the job does well, then there isn't going to be enough talk circulating about the job to actually fit it into Metastrats. Yeah, you're correct. And I would say that the problem isn't that the game's hard because it's not it's that people oh. don't want to oh, no. they i mean sometimes you have to dig for information and sometimes you have to go out and experiment and i think a lot of people are either unwilling to experiment because you don't want to make a group and waste people's time and you don't want to look like an ass i mean that's just how it is online because these people that go and do these strategies and work and stuff they tend to talk around and have a big mouth so you get certain yeah. people like the name might start with an A. Let's let's look at potential upsides, right? So yeah. Th this isn't even, just saying this you can't look bad in the situation, so you're not going to ever expose yourself to that risk when you have to be a person like that and just look bad. Yeah, yeah. And I, I guess at this point, a lot of uh, a lot of the game is just saving face, I suppose, which is kind of sad. Yeah. But yeah. Because I mean, okay. I mean Asura are great, but the moment that you know, say you're Che Guevara Hulk and you enter Omen and you're an Idris Geo and die in the first floor and D level, uh, you know, people don't forget that. No one D levels anymore. But if you did it as an Idris Geo in the first floor of Omen, it's never forgotten. That's pretty impressive. It is. It is. But it's also very sad. Um, I want to mention some utility that would actually uh, fit into. Um fit into those strats though the beastmaster can offer and it's from a, a really underused pet sorry i got that, off on a tangent then i just you know, oh no that, that that's a good tangent like, yeah it, it's, it's it's not wrong the community is the community's best and worst friend and beastmaster needs people that don't know what they're doing to step out of the way or get on board here because beastmaster will never make it in if no one knows about it and no one cares because they just don't have to do anything but summoner or dd face roll or range ranger and do nothing, and that's it. Those are the three things everyone does for everything. So okay, so so botched poles in Dynamis, um, those are pretty big source of wipes, right? Yes. Like you accidentally link something in, you didn't want it to. Um, I have actually saved the day with one of the most underutilized pets in the game. It's that eft. That eft pet is really stupid. Uh, we were doing a, uh, a Dynamis Windurst where. Um, 
uh, Murr was losing his mind because I was doing AOE Dispel with it. Um, it has an AOE Dispel, it has Geist Wall. Um, that that would make him lose his mind. I was actually AOE Dispel. Like a kid on Christmas. Check, check this out. Yeah, he was he was excited because... Yes. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you, you see the F roll up. You're like, what is that pet going to do? And then all of a sudden you see everything lose its attack boost in front of you. You know, like, everything loses all its bard songs. Like, you can spam this. It's a single charge move. You get Geist Wall for free. Um, on top of that, though, we had a really bad link. There, there's always a really bad potential for a link in front of the auction house where you have the stationary stats and the ones moving back and forth. You're almost always going to link there. You might as well just mass pull the thing. Well, we did that. We pulled the thing, and then I just spammed numbing noise into the mix until we got everything slept. And what people don't know about numbing noise is it's a 15 yom conal stun for one charge. Ooh, the cone's a bit annoying, though. No, the cone is awesome. I stun locked that entire pole almost indefinitely. Yeah, that's the line operator is what I'm saying. Well, we did. You just stand on one end of the auction house, right? It's it's almost like a tunnel. It's a pretty wide cone. It's not like Sonic Thrust. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm coming from a position of Sonic Thrust on Dragoon, and cones yeah. are annoying. Cones are usually annoying. Uh, this has your, your normal cone. It's not a narrow cone. And you can actually just sit there and, and spam it. Um, and if the mobs don't resist stun and you have a decent magic uh, accuracy build, uh, yet another reason to get a Pangu. I can't advocate enough for that. Um, if you have a hundred mil lying around and it's be. actually in the auction house. Right. If it, if you have those things, but on top of that, like you just wear like your, aside from that, you just wear your full Talia set plus two, like everyone can get that for free. It's only 50 more magic accuracy to, uh, to have a Pangu. Like you should get it for that reason, but not. Not having it doesn't mean you can't do this, right? Yeah. But that, that's why I'll always advocate the Pengu, though. Um, but yeah, I basically just sat there, and because if, if, you're, if you're fully built, your, your charges will basically, uh, for single-charged uh, pet ready moves, you can almost spam those indefinitely, because the, the timer will almost always be up by the time it cycles through. So I just sat there and just chain-stunned it without even using uh, the Beastmaster version of the conduit. And we just eventually killed all the statues and slept everything because the statues can be stunned too. That could be interesting too for, say, your group's not paying attention and killing ninjas and you don't have a summoner slash bard to give you, you know, your shirt so and armor. That could also be very useful for... How long is the stun? Is it long? Like sudden lunge? Can you use it to prevent ninjas from blowing up too? It depends on your magic accuracy. Um, I've had it last uh, roughly two-ish, three-ish seconds. So It's long enough. Well, that's long enough to get everything dead. Yeah, but I'm a blue. Sudden lunges, like, like sit there, seven seconds go by, and it's like, oh, it's off now. Maybe ten. Well, yeah, it's no sudden lunge, and it's no leg sweep. But it's still, because you can spam it, it's enough to continuously interrupt, though. Um, and sometimes that weapon skill drops something down to, like, 10%, and you just need, like, two seconds for someone else to weapon skill it. Like, uh, you can absolutely save the day versus ninjas with it. Um it doesn't mean that it's always the best pet for the job, but if if that's what you identify the group needing, though, you absolutely bring that pet to the table. Yeah, it's it's just so it's just a little known thing for the people who only run the slug or only run the grasshopper or only run like the the lizard for whatever reason. I don't even use that thing anymore. Um, but but people will think or the tiger like people will think you only use certain pets, but there are a lot of really cool pets with a lot of really cool effects. You said you're not kink shaming, but you you seem to be kink shaming that lizard. Well, I'm not into the lizard play. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather have the sheep play or maybe the F play. Oh, I need some fur in that one, huh? Yeah, rule 34, the F play, guys. Oh, why'd you go there? Oh, man. Look forward to it on Reddit. Yeah, it's cool stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, debuffer, though, really strong. 
Um, don't always be a DPS. It's kind of something you want to look at. I would um, think if you too, want to do cool stuff like that, that Farsha example. What I would think too, as a Beastmaster, you may also need to unlock your plus two, plus three, and divergence, and that would be a great way to get as an in setting up a run, knowing you can be effective in there. And knowing that if you don't get a Geo yep. in your South group, which, good chance you're not going to get your Geo, you can help. I mean, you're going to wake sleeping mobs up, depending on how many people you have. It might not be the greatest, but you have tools yes. to go in there to justify your existence or to fill in certain gaps. Maybe you need to heal with the rabbit. I mean, things like that. I think the rabbit alone, if you can't find a major pickup divergence run, that's actually probably one of the best uses Beastmaster could fill there, too, in a run, if you're trying to get your plus three. And, Support healer. Yeah, you don't, you don't have a shell or something. I've done it. Oh, well, yeah, I'm I'm sure you have, but... Yeah, well, what I'm saying is it actually is viable. Like, I, yeah. that, that's why I want to augment but what you're saying. It's true. My final word I'm getting at here is divergence isn't about the most DPS if you're not stable with it. And sure, you can face roll, especially wave one, but Beastmaster could be crucial to that. And I'm just, you know, something players can go run out and unlock something without struggling or paying for it like other jobs have to. Because if you're a thief, you're not getting anywhere. Being a veteran of the job, um, I would say that a new player rolling into Dynamis Divergence with the mindset of, I'm going to use the slug, and I'm going to give them the best defense down the slug can give, is probably not the best way of doing it. Because that person's not going to have the experience to know when AoEing is bad. Kind of that That's kind of like what you were saying with like your waking sleeping mobs. You're absolutely going to do that on Beast. Like A lot of stuff is AoE, and without the know-how to back it up, you really want to research what pets you're bringing to the to the party there i would almost say that a beastmaster a new beastmaster going into divergence is better off with the eft where you know the the conal stun and the conal dispel or i'm sorry the aoe dispel um is not a negative thing um it won't wake mobs up like that that's actually a good idea um bringing the tiger where you can do a uh, single target razor fang you're not gonna do the most dps in the world but maybe you're contributing and you can still do roar which is a pair paralyzed you can save lives with is that. there a um, pet for beast that would be your go-to if you needed to do as much dps as possible yes it's a combination of pets though um but what i do is i would start a fight with the sheep and i usually throw down rage and then i'll switch to vivacious gaston which is the new lynx pet and i'll put on uh, frenzied rage so i'll have that uh, 70 attack buff that i was on um Generally, from there, if I get a wild card or a random deal or something, I can actually put the Lynx away because it's actually not a very good pet to have out. It doesn't do a whole lot of damage on its own. Um, I would actually put that away and I'll bring out the Slug as a third pet and have the Slug drop the defense down on everything. Um, so that way I'm getting plus 70%. Everyone is getting the negative 33 and it's just a really good approach to debuffing uh, what's in front of everybody. What about pet only? If you were just hacking with the pet only and wanted to do more damage. Oh, man. They're, that's situational. Um, I would say usually my go-to is keeping AM3 up. I don't know what your def your definition of pet only is. If you can keep AM3 up, um, I actually spam Sweeping Gouge uh, because like spamming like 40k damage with an additional defense down effect is really sweet. Um, if it's AoE, uh, obviously Bouncing Bertha. Uh, the Grasshopper is a pretty sick go-to. If you need AoE uh, magic damage, you actually do want the links, and you'll use Charge Whisker. Um, that does about the damage that Bertha does, a little less, um, but that's in uh, Thunder damage. 
um, and, if I'm doing straight up magic. And sweeping gouge is no slouch there. It's still 16% defense down, which if you have a oh. a warrior doing full break, it's still a better defense down than what full breaks like what oh. 12 and a half or 15. For a blue mage, for a blue mage, it's 16%, I believe. For for the for the actual raws, it's 25. Oh shit, that's it's, great. It's different. And yeah, it's yeah, only 12 it's, and a half fantastic. for full break. I get actually very annoyed. I've seen runs. I mean, I could annoy a lot of things, obviously. Where they should use armor break instead of full yes, break, Yes, right? and they're instructing yeah. them to use full break instead of armor break. And I'm like, what? Why? And I've even mentioned it, and they, I, don't, they don't care. I would rather see the warrior bust out an armor break followed by a weapon break followed by going to town. Because those are the two that are really going to matter. Um, the, the, like, the negative, like, 16 evasion or whatever from doing whatever the evasion break is. Is it a shield break? I don't know. It's like 20. Um yeah, like that's not going to matter enough. But have them do those two weapon skills, and then just have them do actual weapon skills afterwards. Um, but don't don't use full break. Like that's just kind of a lazy way of stacking what's potentially the worst buffs available, unless it's like the only thing you have. But even then, armor break is still superior. Yeah, like if I if I see full break, I'm just going to overwrite that with uh, the warthog or the slug every time. And yeah, you've already wasted your TP fair. move on what yeah. accuracy and evasion down. That's but that nothing. brings up a good point, though. Like, always communicate to your party uh, with what debuffs you can bring to the table, because not everyone's going to know what your warthog is going to do. Like, maybe enough people understand what the slug does and that it's a really strong defense down. But if it's a situation where you need to use the warthog, um, which is usually a situation where I'm going to pull hate and need to transfer hate to the pet, and I want a durable pet, it's counter rate and being a monk and, you know, the whole subtle blow thing. It's really synergistic to it's keeping people alive. And most people don't know that that warthog is going to provide a better defense down effect than the warrior is, um, or even the same with armor break. It's it's actually straight across the same. I think ambuscade would be a good way to help beast masters change the perception out there. If you saw an ambuscade for a month, and you, I mean, if you don't know anything about that month besides the basics, which hopefully you do, I don't because there's gimmicks for every ambuscade. I can't speak yeah a, a, as a whole there, but. Uh, if you see someone yelling for a DD or this or that, if you send them and tell and say, hi, I'm a beast master who'd like to join your group. <laughs> I can also, I can provide you yeah. ridiculous defense down 33% debuff, potentially steal TP if we're doing it that way. Or I can also provide great skill chain options and do very respectable, if not perhaps beat all the other DDs in your party sort of damage, even without combining my pets damage into that. Uh, hi, will you invite me? And you know, if anyone listens to that for a second, you can you can obviously clean that up. Uh, I think any person who has a brain in their head who's actually looking for people for their party would invite that person. The 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 dangerous thing there though is advertising yourself as the one who's going to win the parse. Um, well, I mean, because I'm not so bold as to say that that's going to. I'm taking artistic place, liberty. You will hold your own. You will absolutely <laughs> hold your own. I'm taking some liberty there, but I mean, it, you have to be a bit conceited and arrogant potentially narcissistic or sociopathic to imagine, go to, I'm going to win the parse. I don't know anyone. But, yeah. Imagine being that party leader that just receives these tells. Yeah. Like, like, like the paragraph of tells. That well, you just, I was you with you suggested. until you said you were going to win the parse. Get out of here. I don't want you now. Yes. But you've like, people pay attention to that as that's the point. I mean, it, it may be flashy. It may not sell well, but people do focus on that more often than not, or at least they'll start talking to you and that's it. You're in. And people don't yeah, see Beast. Uh, they need to see Beast. I think at the very least, even though, you know, my experiences don't always get out to everyone, obviously. Um, I think I'm going to try to take Beastmaster to every ambus every new ambuscade coming going forward. 
just to see if there's a place for it or like it may fit or whatever. it should there's a place for dancer and no one takes it uh, yeah that's another criminally underused job it's a much more active job i think it's easier as long as you have a knowledge which is not an easy thing because beast has a learning curve obviously as we've heard there's so many pets and you gotta know a lot actually but i would i would say it's easier to do that than dancer is a very active job worrying about multiple timers to be you know it's, it's a lot going on with dancer great job very effective yeah. but it takes more finesse a lot of levers to throw so i mean if you like being an active person because i i like playing dancer i have a great dancer myself actually i just never play it um but if you like playing dancer like and you like to be active in this game like you like to constantly do stuff like i think dancer might be the job for you and um, Beastmaster is is kind of the job where if you want to be a mad scientist, it's really conducive to that because of how many things it can do. So if you want, if you like to experiment, absolutely throw this job on and and just do stuff because you'll be surprised at all the new things that you figure out. Yeah, and I hate to cut you off, but we've been going for too long. We're gonna have to end this. Oh no! So should I panic like Funk and just start throwing? But but my list—it's like he's like but flipping through his clipboard of like all these spiral pad notebooks, just flipping one sheet I think, over. I think if I were to mention anything else, it's that every ambuscade weapon Beastmaster can equip you should get because it's situationally useful and you can do ridiculous damage. I have the screenshots to prove it. The spiral hells that you can put on on Beastmaster are dumb. Um, also, um, I want to mention uh, that you will intimidate Ignis. I am not even kidding, dude. I have screenshots of me doing like 70k spiral hills. Um, the uh, uh, Ignis, though, you will intimidate Ignis with your plantoid killer. So watch out for that. Um, you may want to plan accordingly. Have Monbro available. Um, just don't rely on Ignis when it when it counts, even though he's very good and you may have him um, because you will intimidate him at all the wrong times. <laughs> and then also, um, I wanted... Yeah, it's awful. And then I, I wanted to that. mention... Um, uh, peril and ooze is another huge topic. Um, I actually saw uh, in the Beastmaster forum, uh, the Killer Instinct forum, um, that someone was like, did you know that you can take 10% HP off of Mero immediately? And as I read that, I thought, yeah, I've been doing that for a while, man. <laughs> um, peril and ooze is the other uh, TP move from the slug. And what it does is it inflicts a bio, which is nice. At, and it also inflicts a 10% HP down, which no other job in the game can do. And the important thing about that is it lands on everything. There is nothing in this game that resists it. Well, I'm sorry, nothing in this game yeah. that's immune to it. it. It can take some hits in order to land it, but that's not too bad. I have instantly done 10% of a Wave 3 boss's HP and damage with that. that that's a Beastmaster in a single move dealing millions of damage. Um, I have instantly 10%ed uh, Miru when that content was new. I immediately ran out there and, and just 10%ed him. And like nobody could understand why his HP dropped, and then I just warp ranked out because we weren't going to win because we're on Azura. <laughs> no, people beat it on there. the The win rate's ridiculously high at this point. It was like some thousands of wins at this point, which would mean know, you man, didn't lose the, to the, the thirty domain points that I got the other day says otherwise. Oh, I guess it did break the record for weeks, though it was yeah. it was active, so it's going to happen. I know uh, that um, wears off, right? Need to reuse it to get all that HP back. Uh, it does not get that HP back when that wears uh, okay. off. It, yeah, that HP's gone. It actually counts as doing like two million damage to the wave two boss. That's great. Or wave three boss. Well, even the yeah, wave wave crazy. two is important too. Yeah, you can do it everywhere. Um, just just throw it at mobs and <laughs> take ten percent of their HP. Away. That alone merits um, a spot for a beastmaster in every actual dynamo slingshell that's farming wave three. Yeah, you 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 fight things ten percent faster technically. 
Um, the, the problem is, is it has huge diminishing returns if you don't land it at the start of a fight. Um, it also has, um, you also have to wait for it to wear off for it to matter, technically. Um, although it starts mattering immediately because the HP is still lowered. Like, if you drop it to dead, you've still done 10% damage. But you don't actually get to see the result until it wears off. And uh, you can, I've actually caused people to panic. Like, uh, I remember uh, we were doing a Wave 3 run in Winters. And uh, Sudaru, who's uh, who's one of our Corsairs, he was like, why is the mob HP keep shooting up to 89% and then back down to 81 and or, or 78 or whatever? And then like as we were killing it, I, I kept doing that move just, just to mess with him. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end of the run, I told him what was going on. He thought that the mob was like gaining HP and stuff. Uh, it was it was pretty awesome. If you want to um, mess with I him, don't just blame... tell him you made another 3D print and he can have it for $600. <laughs> I, I don't I don't blame people for not knowing about that though because it's pretty niche. But if you want to have a, a fun time with people who who haven't listened to this or don't know about Beast, um, go ahead and uh, drop peril and ooze on the next like Omen boss you fight or the next Wave Three boss or whatever, and uh, just kind of see people's reactions as HP just wildly fluctuates. Okay, it's, it's a good time. As, as, as quickly as we can, where would you go to learn about Beast besides the Beast Guide or anything you'd look for? I mean, the Auction House one or Type Job Guides into BG. Uh, anything you would look for or have or have looked at that helped a lot that stands out? Anything you can direct people to? The uh, the Lua in the Beast Guide. Um, I forget who made it. I think it's Falkirk's Lua. Um, there are several kinds, and the absolute best one that you can get is the uh the advanced one and it's you're gonna open that and your brain's probably gonna melt because it's probably the most convoluted lua you've ever seen and that's very likely um but what it does do a very good job of is if you go through it you actually can see in the lua itself why you're putting what gear where it is because it describes like what you're readying and everything just like a normal lua should um but it goes through everything and beastmaster needs a very specific lua because of how the pet weapon skills work um, you have to have like very specific calls and stuff. So not only is it automatically set up to do this, it already defines all of your jugs and everything for you and makes it easy to toggle through them um, for when you want to hit like a macro and make a pet pop out. Um, but it also does a very good job of guiding you to exactly where your gear needs to go. Um, I still use that Lua, but it's a hugely Frankenstein version and it's extremely heavily modified, um, but it's probably the best Lua I've ever seen. It's really good. Okay. And perhaps we can also look at the BG Jug Pets page and maybe clean that up in the future. That that was a very that was a project. I'm not going to yeah. get into. That. I was in the airport for a JetBlue flight, and that was a thing that was coming into existence on my laptop with Faye. So it's old, <laughs> but it had it was it's newer than the than the one on Copedia so, by far. But that could also use touching up. I'm sure. I am all for BG resources, but I, I've I've lurked on so many job guides because I have like all the jobs in the game actually geared. Um, but out of all of the job guides I've ever seen, the uh, the Killer Instinct guide on the FFXIAH is probably the best job guide I, I have ever laid eyes on. Um, it is so comprehensive, and um, it, it basically tells you everything you need to know, gives you examples of everything you really need to equip, and at the very end, it has a Lua to bring it all together that's just amazing. Um, I the, it, It's actually the reason I have never written a guide on Beastmaster, because there's no reason to. You have that guide instead. It's incredible. I found it to be lacking in certain areas. When I looked at it, I'm like, okay, I want to learn about Beast. Let me pull up this guide. And I felt like I didn't really find much of what I was looking for there. 
not, nothing. There's a great guide. It's it's a beautiful guide, but I you know just it, just my take on it, looking at it differently. And I was talking about the Jug Pets page on BG. It's not a guide, just the Jug Pets actual page. It doesn't give you all the individual breakdowns of um of all the equipment and like uh, and all the things that, that we're accustomed to. Like if we're looking at one of your guides, um, yeah. it doesn't have all those breakdowns based on spreadsheeting or anything. It has basically what the best is going to be, and then you can build your own sets. So I guess it doesn't hold your hand that way. Yeah, but it just kind of shoves random Um, But it actually has a very good pet section. In the bottom for alternatives, it's just like random little icons. I'm like, okay, what's this? And I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm like, eh, I'm not, you know. But uh, the the more important thing, though, because you can get the gear stuff from any guide, really. You just have to I wasn't focusing on the gear stuff at all. I mean, I I noticed it, uh, but it wasn't what I went there for. The the pet section though, like the actual jug pets, is that what you're talking about? Because the jug pet section really is good. great. It covers the jug pets excellent. It was the other aspects of the job. I felt it was just kind of like it focused on jug. It pets. doesn't tell you. It doesn't tell you the things that I've told you. Oh, this, oh yeah, podcast. That's for certain. Like yeah. to get that, you would have to read the actual forum. Um, you know everything past that the front page, which is a huge task, and no one really wants to do it. So yeah, I guess if if we were to 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 clean it up a bit we could explain more about maybe how the job could have a role and i i suppose that would go back on what we were talking about before where that would help it maybe find a place in the meta if we talk about those roles more as opposed to just gearing it yeah but at that point let's call this because we could talk for way too long this is our yeah. longest one we got to stop so believe it or not this is already the abridged version <laughs> the abridged version we're not re-recording it though that's right no re-records we'll do it live always but yeah if anyone uh, has any corrections comments concerns or just hates our guts you can send us a nice kindly written email perhaps of not so constructive criticism but we would prefer if you were constructive at wtf and vonadeal at gmail.com i don't know if that's launched yet i think the last episode was the first time we mentioned that and then uh that's coming out it's coming out tomorrow so yeah let's see if that's a bad move or just comment on YouTube, something that's on YouTube. We actually, I noticed some people since we did the YouTube thing have joined. So that's nice. We have a, you know, a chunk of people there now. So this is fun. Oh, yeah. And uh, I would I would love to go over more. Um, take what I said with a grain of salt because I can't be as particular as I would love to be. Um, but I just hope that at least I opened somebody's eyes to at least talk about Beast or maybe, you know, showed you some things that you didn't know before. But yeah, if you, if you have any questions, definitely uh, send them our way. And I would be more than happy to uh, answer stuff and even address it in future podcasts too, for sure. Beast probably cooler now than it's ever been in this entire game's history. So I can agree. Yeah. Anyway, thank you guys. It was fun. And Fox, appreciate all your deep knowledge there. It was nuts. Yeah, anytime. It was nuts. See you guys. All right, later. <laughs>